Hi. What? What's happening? What is this thing in front of me? What are these things on my ears? This is like trees walking. I think I know that. I think I know that I'm Mike Nelson and that you are... David Berge. Pastor David Berge. But, but what are we doing? It's been so long, Dave. In the words of Creed, <laughs> it's been a while, actually. <laughs> uh, erm. Um, we well, already actually, have an erm, actually. So before this is like trees walking, the podcast where we talk about the big questions of... Theology, philosophy, and culture, we do so from a Christian perspective, but Correct. we invite people to listen to us um, who share a perspective or who are completely the opposite of us. We, Our, our, our goal is to stimulate thought, conversation, um, and to, to just bring our ideas into the marketplace. Right, right. Thereof. Yes, that is exactly what we do, And but it had been so long since we've done this. I guess we shouldn't linger too long on this because Not people that. could be listening... <laughs> And like, just go, well, I don't care. This how is long the first I've heard. But, it's, but we did the Christmas show, Have Yourself a Merry Little Mithras, was our last show. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of a dead period the week after Christmas and into the new year. But I sent out an email recently that was full of just, it was full of falsehoods on every, errors and falsehoods on every level. Which some would say that's what our podcast does. Some, <laughs> it was, some say. I dashed it. I dashed it off just to, you know, let our let our loyal listeners know that. Don't worry, we're coming back. We're coming back. A fresh pot is going to be dropping in your feed this week, and you know I made up a story about how you fed me some awful food, and that made me sick, and that's why we didn't did it. So there's lie number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just have, I mean, events have conspired against us. It was a tissue of lies that yes. you put out there to our <laughs> to our loyal listeners. But then I said, in the words of Creed, you know, it's been a while, but actually, I a thank you, loyal listener Nate, uh, emailed and said, "That's." And he's like, not to be that guy. And he's like, well, actually, I'm trying to be that guy. Yeah, well, um, when you do that, you are, by <laughs> definition. He's like, that's actually by stained. And then I, uh, the email was great. He's like, I got to go listen to my, like, I'm going to go listen to my Slipknot, like, greatest <laughs> hits records. And he ended with a great joke. And then executive producer John said, it was like, I made reference to, like, hearing the audio of this horrible food you fed me that led to our hiatus was, like, the audio equivalent of the famous Joe Namath Broken leg injury. Well, Broadway Joe, no, it was no. Joe Theismann. He had some knee issues, but no, he did not have a broken leg. He never had a gruesome broken no. leg that like was traumatic. So um, I, it was just, I regret, I regret that email. But that's if you go to electricalwalkingpod.com, you can sign up for our email <laughs> newsletter list, and I'll feed you, feed you lies, feed you lies and misinformation. Well, I will say that we are going to get to a big topic, and then uh, we are going to be returning to a department in which uh, Dave does have to eat some challenging food, because I got a new shipment in, and I'm very excited, and I know Dave is excited to share in my joy and share and feast with me the things that I like to Mm. feast on, uh, because we are not only uh, co-hosts, he's not only my pastor, we are brothers in cuisine and in all things. And so I'm happy to share that with you. Gastronomical brothers from another mother. (laughs) Yes. But before we dive into the big question, since it has been a while, I don't think people will mind us just sort of catching up. No. Uh, One of the reasons for our hiatus, um, which was, you know, partially just the holidays or whatever, was uh, the H3N2 virus. And uh, that was the flu that swept the nation. It's still, I think it still is. I think this is one of the worst flu seasons in history. How did it impact you, Mike? Um, I 
sat on the couch for three days, unable to move, and watched uh, Planet Earth two. So that was oh, ex- that's cool. You, you know how you. Uh, I've been sick with the flu, I don't know, a handful of times in my life. I think I'm more susceptible than most. I think I have more cells in my body, and so therefore I have more receptors to viruses. <laughs> I, believe I like this theory. Being, being a taller and, and larger person. Um, so, yeah, but, but I once watched uh, all of Gordon Ramsay years ago when I got sick, and I remember just this waking and in and out of fever dreams going, Gordon Ramsay, who is this guy? <laughs> Why, and, why is he swearing at everyone? Yes, and that was uh, that was memorable. But in Planet Earth, so then I had the uh, the again and again I would sort of wake up out of the fever dream and what's his name Richard? It's not Richard Attenborough, David Attenborough, David Attenborough, who's no relation to Richard, right? The director. And, I don't think so. Yeah, uh, he would he'd start. You know, he'd be talking about the penguins or whatever. But then at the very end, it would always be. But of course, we are. These penguins face the ultimate challenge, and that is us. So over and over again, I was hearing what a piece of garbage I was as I laid on the couch. Planet Earth always ends with a little lecture about how we're screwing everything up. So, uh, so that's what I did over the, That was what I did on my hiatus. I laid yeah. on the couch and watched Planet Earth too. How was about it, yourself? Uh, <laughs> during the hiatus, I, I went to Chicago. That kind of kept me out of it for for a week. That kept me. We had a big blizzard. Here, uh, huge blizzard that also yeah, that also prevented us. Oh yeah, it was big. Um, several vi- exciting Vikings things, and then crushing loss happened. Ooh, wow! So it's been a real roller coaster ride of emotions, and and there's been sickness, and yeah, I had sickness in my household. Children vomiting, you oh, know. Oh, oh yeah. goodness! Oh, terrible! Just terrible! It swept. Illness swept everywhere. Um, true Minnesotans fashion. Our dreams have been crushed, and so here we are back. Yeah, did you? Uh, I reflected briefly on the fact that the the way that our dreams were crushed by the Vikings, and and I say we, the, this is the royal we. I'm not actually a huge Vikings fan myself, but the, it was kind, it was similar to how the twins were crushed mere months before, where there was a bit of that, hope. Oh, the the, the opening hi- yes. thing, the, like the opening inning of the twins game. Hope and the light shining through the the clouds and like this could we're actually gonna, we're happen. finally gonna get this monkey off of our back oh, <laughs> and yeah. then stab 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 and slow bleeding to death and this was very similar to that I, that's was, actually a very astute observation um it was very similar I just remember watching that first inning and the whole it twins in a home run and it's did yeah. we hit two oh it was like it was like two fan, home runs in dream. the top of the first and you're like the the Yankees like we're we're slaying that dragon and yep. no. No. no, and the same Vikings drive. We're going down the field like, all right, oh, we're just marching. An easy drive downfield, like we got these guys. Nope. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, a lot of crushing defeat and illness was in our uh, um, was in the hiatus, and that's why I guess we should probably get to our topic, which, also, um, which is not a very light no, subject it's not light either, at all. and so we don't want to make light of it. Mm-hmm. But why don't you? Set it up, and we'll we'll dive in. We have much to say. Yeah, this was uh, so this and and this relates to the current cultural moment in a really profound way. You know, what does the Christian faith speak into um, this current cultural moment? The the you know hashtag Me Too moment that we are in, which is basically this bright light being shown in many different areas of society to the pervasiveness of sexual assault. So this is in politics. And entertainment, I would say, have been probably the two, entertainment and then politics being the two main areas where this has where this has come up. Um, uh, you know, po- basically, like 
powerful men um, abusing their power to sexually assault women and kind of finally some traction being gained and solidarity being shown and some accountability happening uh, for, you know, the Harvey Weinsteins uh, of of the world or whatever, you know, these monsters who have been preying upon people for, you know, decades and sort of lots of people knowing about it or kind of hearing about it, but never doing anything about it. And for whatever reason, it could never break through. And then very recently, um, seeing it in the, in the realm of athletics, particularly the USA gymnastics, these decades of abuse by this this team doctor, Larry Nasser, who was a doctor at Michigan State University and treating young girls and, and using his position as a trusted doctor. You know, the best, the doctor you go to. He used that position to, you know, sexually assault hundreds of women and, and young girls. And he did it for decades. And then for whatever reason, it wasn't till last, uh, like a, a, over a year ago, that this woman, uh, Rachel uh, Denhollander, um, from Michigan, you know, she was, she reached out kind of, you know, saying, reach out to the Indianapolis Star, kind of trying to blow the whistle on this. And they were the ones who finally picked it up, who started doing uh, digging and investigation. And that broke, the floodgates broke open. And um, so this woman took the very, I mean, she handed over everything to the police, her diary. You know, basically, she's in her 30s now, exposing her whole life and this, you know, very intimate parts of what happened to her, um, which, you know, is, I can only imagine how deeply humiliating that would be to do that. But her seeking some kind of justice Mm -hmm. for the wrong that was done. And um, she's a Christian. And so uh, in the courtroom, as, you know, after he's been convicted, I think it's, I think it's, conviction and then there's these victim impact statements that get said and then there's the sentencing and so she had about 40 minutes in the courtroom to give her victim impact statement Uh, but there's a a, a snippet of it it's a few minutes long but it's her basically it's her giving her testimony how does her christian faith help her to understand what happened to her and also help her reach out reach out to Larry Nasser, this guy who sexually assaulted her and hundreds of other women to, to reach out with the gospel to him. And to me, it's probably not probably it's, I'll say definitively the most powerful public testimony I've ever heard of the power of the Christian faith to speak into a situation of, you know, incredible evil. You know, and so we go, what's, we go, what is, you know, this, we're in the realm of ideas and ideas are great, but you go, what difference does this make on the ground? On the ground, yes. And it's like, this is the difference that it makes on the ground. And this is the power that the, that the gospel, that the message of Jesus can have when it, it, you know, when we fully embrace it and it, and it is just embedded in our souls, it can speak so, it speaks such a powerful word that it's, it's sort of this self-authenticating message when you hear it. I mean, I was I was moved to tears when I listened to this. When I think, wow, God, God's grace is so big that it can take this situation, and this woman, you know, bearing Christ within her, can bring this message to this person who did this to her, and even hold out. She holds out this message of repentance and hope for him. But she doesn't mince words. It's not a sort of gospel of, well, you know, you did this, and forgiveness is, you know, it's mm-hmm. a little pixie dust, you know, you sprinkle over this. No, the deep, um, the deep truth-telling that repentance requires, to me, this is, is, 
like if you you know if you want to know what difference Christianity can make and the gospel can make, you listen to Rachel Denton Hollander and it will blow you away. It it blew me away. Yeah, and and I think that you mentioned sort of the the cheap pixie dust forgiveness that you do sometimes hear with other horrific things. You hear about you know Christian people offering their forgiveness in trials and things like that, and. Uh, I don't think in any way you're taking away from that. You don't you don't often hear articulated what went into that. And I think that a lot of that makes a lot of people be a little turn on their little cynicism switch like, "Oh, that seemed a little easy." You have no idea what went into that. And this sort of is a moment where you actually hear what goes into it and what, you know, you hear wisdom and you hear a thought process, you hear you hear the process. Yeah, this of, is of what it means. It is articulated and that just doesn't often often happen. I don't think that opportunity arises a lot. So this is just one of those unusual situations. So it's all there. And so this is a longer clip, um, and we're just going to, I think, just play through it all I think and so, then yeah. comment on it. So this is probably the longest clip we've ever played. It's yeah. going to be a couple of minutes. Yeah. yeah, five minutes. So this is, yeah, this is the best probably public theology I've ever heard. Yeah. You so, know. So here it is. This is just going to be... The lesson from from her. <laughs> yeah, I can't say any better, so let's right. listen to Rachel. Okay, let's roll it. And Larry, I don't need to tell you what the cost of your abuse has been to me because you got to read my journals, every word of them, because those had to go into evidence to make this happen. But I want you to understand why I made this choice, knowing full well what it was going to cost to get here and with very little hope of ever succeeding. I did it because it was right. No matter the cost, it was right. And the farthest I can run from what you have become is to daily choose what is right instead of what I want. You have become a man ruled by selfish and perverted desires. A man defined by his daily choices over and over again to feed that selfishness and perversion. You chose to pursue your wickedness no matter what it cost others. And the opposite of what you have done is for me to choose to love sacrificially no matter what it costs me. In our early hearings you brought your Bible into the courtroom and you have spoken of praying for forgiveness and so it is on that basis that I appeal to you. If you have read the Bible you carry, you know that the definition of sacrificial love portrayed is of God himself loving so sacrificially that he gave up everything to pay a penalty for the sin he did not commit. By his grace, I too choose to love this way. You spoke of praying for forgiveness, but Larry, if you have read the Bible you carry, you know forgiveness does not come from doing good things, as if good deeds can erase what you have done. It comes from repentance, which requires facing and acknowledging the truth about what you have done in all of its utter depravity and horror, without mitigation, without excuse, without acting as if good deeds can erase what you have seen in this courtroom today. The Bible you carry says it is better for a millstone to be thrown around your neck and you thrown into a lake than for you to make even one child stumble. And you have damaged hundreds. 
the Bible you speak carries a final judgment where all of God's wrath and its eternal terror is poured out on men like you. Should you ever reach the point of truly facing what you have done, the guilt will be crushing. And that is what makes the gospel of Christ so sweet. Because it extends grace and hope and mercy where none should be found. And it will be there for you. I pray you experience the soul-crushing weight of guilt so that you may someday experience true repentance and true forgiveness from God, which you need far more than forgiveness from me, though I extend that to you as well. Throughout this process, I have clung to a quote by C.S. Lewis where he says, My argument against God was that the universe seemed so cruel and unjust. But how had I got this idea of unjust and just? A man does not call a line crooked unless he first has some idea of straight. What was I comparing the universe to when I called it unjust? Larry, I can call what you did evil and wicked because it was. And I know it was evil and wicked because the straight line exists. Their straight line is not measured based on your perception or anyone else's perception. And this means I can speak the truth about my abuse without minimization or mitigation, and I can call it evil because I know what goodness is. And this is why I pity you. Because when a person loses the ability to define good and evil, when they cannot define evil, they can no longer define and enjoy what is truly good. When a person can harm another human being, especially a child, without true guilt, they have lost the ability to truly love. All right. So we are back from that very powerful, extremely powerful words that uh, that Rachel Denhollander brought to bear, really bringing the gospel to bear. I mean, there's there's not much to add other than to just highlight a couple of things mm-hmm. um, that she did that are so powerful. I mean, one is just the the naming of something that's objectively wrong, you know? Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd think that that would be a shared assumption, but obviously it isn't anymore. And so I thought that was very powerful to... Uh, to say there is no, there's no postmodern twist on it. You're not like you weren't born this way or, you know, there's no excuses. You know the straight line and you, you chose. I, that was very powerful. Every, yeah. every day, every day the choices that you made. Again, to quote C.S. Lewis, every day the, you know, you take a step towards heaven or towards hell, every choice. It's not like, a, you know. And hell is the gradual soft slope down. And uh, obviously he got on that and justified it somehow. But I just, yeah, calling that out was was beautiful. And calling out the, you know, saying that basically, you know, God's wrath is is going to be poured out on, you know, people like you who have chosen to do, I mean, you know, gravely evil things that there's a, <laughs> there's a condemnation for you. I mean, basically, you know, hell is what awaits you, Larry. Yeah. But, she says, yeah. you know, unless you, if you repent and turn to God, then, you know, if you, you face the truth, then that's the good news of the gospel, that grace, hope, and mercy, she says, are found where there should be none, and that will be there for you. Right, yeah. So it's this, it's this word of condemnation, of truth, uh, and then this extending of this hope where absolutely, this does Larry... Nasser deserve 
forgiveness and she offers it to him. Does he deserve forgiveness? Does he deserve to be, you know, washed of his sins and, and to be welcomed into to God's presence uh, for eternity? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. He does not deserve that. But that's the, <laughs> that's the offer yeah. of the gospel. And that's the exact same one. That, you know, we go, well, we're not as bad, you know, I'm not as bad as Larry Nasser, you know, I have never abused a child or anything like that, but. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 that struck me as like, man, is that a, a textbook case for you deserve hell? You know, like the, whoever harm causes this little one to stumble. I mean, you know. It is, yeah. Jesus is pretty clear about it. And then still in that, so it's like, it's that's what makes it so powerful and beautiful, like amazing that yeah you you not only deserve you deserve to roast in hell i mean she she might as well have said that you you truly obviously you deserve that and i hope that you know that is what she's saying like do you i hope you feel that because otherwise that grace will not that's the meaning of grace is that we all deserve to roast in hell I'm, i'm not excluding the two people standing in this room right now but it is uh, that's what makes his grace, God's grace, so incredibly powerful. And so that's why I think uh, when you talk about we like we all, in some sense, I think believe in you know hell and can understand that it's a there's a justice component that comes with it. You know that someone who does this deserves condemnation they deserve punishment yeah they don't deserve you know punches to be pulled and minimization and you know she says the truth the truth needs to be told yeah because it's only the truth that's going to set him free you know that's why i mean the bible you know spot on on this one you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free he can't be set free we can't be set free until the we are able to face the truth about ourselves yeah and i've always thought that even for the person who is unconvinced of, let's say, good or evil, or just all the aspects of the, the Christian faith, if I, I just say for myself, if I thought that, you know, the, the, let's use the examples, if, you know, Larry Nasser and Mother Teresa just came to the same ultimate end, and that was just it, I would, <laughs> I'd jump out a window. Yeah. I, I, who could live with that? You have to, we all have that innate, the rage against this kind of evil, you know, we talked off uh, off mic about Timothy McVeigh. I mean, this guy, come on. If this guy doesn't deserve uh, a punishment beyond anything, I mean, we burn with that desire for justice because that is a piece of what we understand about our own, our own depravity, but all, uh, the brokenness of the world. And if that's not... If that's not built in, I, I'm jumping out a window. I mean, really? Well, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to live in that world. That's awful. No, no. So it's, a, it's an incredibly powerful testimony, um, and I think just an incredibly straightforward witness um, to the, I mean, deep, rich theology informing, really helping her to, pro, like, to pursue justice and seek justice, but not be, you know, this is not a person who's overcome with hate. You know where she has become that which she seeks to destroy. No, no, no. I mean, she, um, you know, she she is not that. She's seeking to bring justice, and her word that she brings is pity. She yeah, pities. She this, repeated that many times. This person yeah. is pathetic to her because, whereas you know, she wants to run away and get away from the situation. You know, sh- her faith means that she has to walk into the truth. But by walking into the truth, she's gotten everything that that 
he wanted but could never have, you know, the trust of children and the love of children. But he he chose to get the things he wanted from them by by chasing after lies. And so it's mm-hmm. just the absolute it's a just beautiful picture of what the gospel can do to bring justice, to bring healing and wholeness to her and extend this incredible offer to someone who does not deserve it. And though we might we're not Larry Nasser in terms of the things that we've done we've done we're all in the same camp in terms mm-hmm. of turning our backs on god and running away and 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 we don't deserve grace at all yet that offer is absolutely freely extended to each and every one of us yes all we like sheep have gone astray larry nasser went far 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 astray and so but that truth remains the same for us all and she spelled it out so beautifully yeah and and, and she has paid a great cost i mean she wrote an op-ed in the new york times um, I think it was this weekend, past weekend, uh, that this Evergreen podcast, but at the end of January of 2018. And she talked about how when she came forward with that and, and went to the Indie Star, she mentioned, she didn't elaborate, but said, I lost you know, my closest friends and my church. Oh, wow. And so I, I'm really curious as to see what happened within her church community. I mean, she's from Michigan, Den Hollander, like, that's probably, I'm sure that's her married name probably, but it's like kind of Dutch Reformed, I mean, it's yeah. Dutch Reformed country out there. Right. And so I just wonder what it... It breaks my heart because I would, I want to know what was it about what she was doing that caused her church to turn her back on her. I mean, and sadly, I've seen situations where church, the church, not, and it's not even like that. Larry Nasser was someone else in her church, and they're, you know, they, like there's some kind of, you know, protecting him because he's in that community. It just doesn't make sense to me. I, I, I don't understand. I mean, sadly, I've seen churches choose to protect people um, who are powerful because at the expense of their victims. Yeah. Because it's just too it's too messy for them to wade into it, you know? Yeah, it, it shakes too many branches and look, let's just yeah. Leave, I mean, that's, leave that's well enough alone. Yeah, that's what structures do when they're un unchallenged or yeah, when they sort of solidify in a way. Yeah. We could do a whole nother podcast on that. Yeah. Just addressing that question. But I that that piece of it remains a mystery for her for me, why her friends and then her church would have turned their back on her at this exact moment when when it seems obvious to us at this moment that the cause she's pursuing is so just and righteous you know it's righteous yeah well a topic for another time we could either research that or bring in other examples and talk totally. about the the, totally. the dangers of of any institution christian or otherwise absolutely all right, after all of that, let's uh, take a little break, and let's get to some lighter stuff, it's just, ki- to, just to balance yes, it out. Yes, absolutely. But uh, first, we'll hear from the pastor. Hey, everyone, it is Pastor Dave, and I am so grateful to be back and in the saddle and recording podcasts with uh, the inimitable Michael J. Nelson. And so one thing you could do for us that would be super solid uh, is go on, just go on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever they're calling it these days. If you could uh, rate us and review us, that would be super helpful. Um, you know, we've been kind of st- been stuck in the low 40s and, and, and we would love if you would respond and uh, and help share the podcast. The other thing you can do is go to liketreeswalkingpod.com. That's where all of our old episodes are. And you can also go there to sign up to our email newsletter so that I can fill your inbox with lies. And, uh, and, and yeah, please, please share the pod. We have some exciting news that is coming up. I'm going to tease it a little bit, um, but you might be able to see us in person at some point in the very near future. And so uh, uh, we will post that, uh, of course, at liketreeswalkingpod.com, and we will let you, our loyal fans and listeners, know. 
And now let's get back to the show. Okay, we are back. Thank you, Pastor. Um, yes. Now, uh, again, we promised you a little more of a lighthearted second half to this, because we, we uh, put you through some serious stuff at the beginning. Oh, it doesn't get much heavier than the first half of the pod. Or the first, yeah. uh, don't worry, there's another half coming, but the first portion. Yes. And so we're reviving a, uh, a segment, which I can't believe we don't have a theme song. I was looking through the podcast music folder, and I did not see a theme song, and uh, it's been so long, I didn't remember that we didn't have one. But uh, what would you call this segment? Pastor Dave gags on food that yeah. Mike really enjoys? Would that be the... Disgu- <laughs> disgusting food? What's the, AMU, what's the Andrew Zimmer strange foods or oh, bizarre foods? bizarre food? foods. Yeah. I don't, no, I don't think it's that. Oddball edibles? Yeah, but that's what's happening right now. Um, we've already opened up the food. I will describe it. I just want to say before we go into this, as I was opening this, he's hold, holding it at arm's length, which, trust me, is not necessary. It's, uh, folks, it's more than necessary. Oh, come on. Um, you know, a lot of I, none of the foods that I eat, I think there's a suspicion or could be a suspicion that I'm eating things ironically. It's a oh, put you, on, Mike. You like to just, oh, you think it's funny. Like, no, no, no. I don't uh, think it's funny. I enjoy eating these things. I eat them on a semi-regular basis. But this one, this one is one of my favorites. This is delicious. If Pastor Dave does not go for this, it is all on Pastor Dave. This is so good. This is premium stuff. Let me describe it. This is uh, why, don't you, why don't you describe what it looks okay. like <laughs> and what, uh, what, what it smells I feel like? like bizarre give, foods. give me your sensory observations, okay. and then I will tell everyone will. what it actually is. As a preamble, I will say, when you talk about eating, liking these foods, ironically, this is kind of your, you know, Chesterton carried a sword cane. This is your sword cane, Mike. Oh, I, I really so. think it's your sword cane, but <laughs> we don't have to argue about that. Um, it, well, I'll tell you first what it smells like. The smell is what strikes me. It smells like fish food. Like when you feed, you know, you, you put the flakes in the top of your goldfish tank. This smells like those flakes. Does it? Yeah. So do, do all seafood smell like that to you? No, 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 no. I love some nice ahi, tuna. Um, no, 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 no. Just the, usually the portions of, what do we call them? Anthropods? Is that what they're, is that their, is that their genus or whatever oh, species? Oh, you mean just... Arthro- arthropods? You uh, know, like squid and octopus, basically. Oh, I thought you were talking about, what, what are the aliens called? Mesomorphs? No, uh, morph... You know the the alien movies, the creature. Oh, I I don't remember. <laughs> it has a name. Anyway, uh, no, it is not that. You are not eating an alien. But describe the the colors because it has it's, a rich color. I think. Yeah, it's almost. When I first looked at it, it was almost green. Like it had almost a greenish green. Hue. But now I'm seeing it's more of a. There's some like it's kind of tan and then dark brown, sort of chocolatey yes. look to it. Chocolatey. That's that's a good description. All right, before you wade in, well, you can go ahead, uh, and I will tell everyone what this is. This is uh, a Goya brand premium calamares in its own ink. And I like fried Ensu calamari, too. tinta, which I, I can't speak uh, Spanish or Italian, so it's, but it's squid pieces in their own ink. So this is squid and ink, and it, oh, tender, 
delicious. There's a little bit of a, I believe there's a little onion in you there. You know when you're too. biting a pen and like the ink gets in your mouth? Yes. That doesn't ta- That doesn't taste good. Well, this is not that ink. This is, that's the same ink. No, no, no. That's, uh, so here he is. He's, All right. He's going in. He's waiting in. Bottoms up. This is a review of calamari in their own ink. Always smack into the mic. People love wet mouth noises in the <laughs> microphone. You Philistine. Um. Uh, let me give you the ingredients. Well, you, oh no, you, he's ready for his review. Let's okay. hear him out. Um. Take another bite here. Okay. Yeah. It's a little bit delicious. Um. It's not as bad as you'd think. Well, why I, would you think it was bad? Because it looks and smells disgusting. It does not look. <laughs> all right. It's squid. It's. Uh, Sunflower seed oil, which I mm-hmm. removed most of. Tomato, onion, ink, spices, and salt. So it couldn't be. It's a simple food and a delicious. It food. has a little. It's like a sea. It almost tastes like a. And I'm not a big tuna fish, like canned tuna fish fan. But it's a little bit like a seasoned kind of tuna. Tuna that smells like fish food. That, that's just what it reminds me of. Now I can't tell you the last time I ate uh, canned to tuna. Describe the texture, because a lot of people are afraid of calamari's as being sort of pencil eraser, rubbery. No, it's a, it is it is it's it it's is what? rubbery. It what? is rubbery. It's not. It's tender. It's, it's not, not like rubbery. a no no no. It's like the there is like the if you've ever bitten in a pencil eraser, which we all have done in our lives, of course, it has a little bit of that. What? That initial sort of t- texture or feel or taste, but this is actually much more tender. So it's thank you, yeah, thank yeah. You. Yes. Whereas when you chew a pencil eraser, it never gets tender. You're just like grinding it, you know, like yeah. in your mouth. This has that. Uh, there's a there's a hint of pencil eraser, but not 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 more than a hint. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Would would you eat again? Would you ever? I would, would never. You... Ch- would I? I would never choose to eat this. <laughs> And let's calibrate your taste. Where do you stand on all seafoods? Like, how 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 about a nice? Uh, or let's just start with uh, lobster. You know, Love you, lobster is delicious. Shrimp, uh, sh- depends. Uh, raw shrimp or not raw, but steamed or whatever. Like peel and eat shrimp. Let's yeah, peel and eat. Uh, no, okay. No. Uh, how about um, well, like calamari fried, deep fried, D- yeah. delicious, delicious. Really? Yeah. And the texture doesn't bother you? No. The, Tends to be much more rubbery. Is that rumor true about what pig intestine? Like them passing off pig intestine as as oh. calamari? Oh, I don't know. I'm okay. sure it's probably done, but you can you can. I think you could sniff that out, so to speak. <laughs> oh God, there's a pleasant <laughs> image. Uh, uh, well, by the way, I once I was going to order because um, I wanted to try it out uh, chitlins. Um, which is that fried pig intestines? That's pig intestines, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's usually like boiled or something. But although you can fry them too, um, and there was the only one available that I could order online was a ten-gallon pail that <laughs> proclaimed on the front of it that it was low odor. So <laughs> that does not inspire a lot of. Uh, Did you bring if, that with you to the office in San I, Diego? I decided not to pull the trigger on that one. I wanted to try. I've never, you know, made it at home, and uh, I, yeah, so. But the low odor. I like crab cakes. Okay. Shark, so, swordfish. Crab. How about soft shell crabs? Um, Have you had? I don't know. I think I've probably only had a hard, hard, hard shell. Okay. So you're not squeamish in general about seafood? No, no. My wife has the saying, if it's from the sea, it's not for me. Yeah. There's a lot of people who, who don't like that. Hmm. But I'm, yeah, and I was more, definitely more that way. I've grown more to like 
to like a greater variety of, of seafood. And I'm not totally anti-shrimp. Like if it's cooked right, I like it. Prawns, scallops, like those are good. Like I enjoy that stuff. What's the most powerful seafood you think you've eaten? The sort of the most, you know, like bizarre foodish thing that you've eaten. Oh, God. I mean, do you do, you cl- do sushi? Cl- do you eat clam. sushi? Yeah, do I eat you, sushi. Yeah. Have you had... Uh, Anagi or whatever the the uh, sea urchin. No, I've never had anagi. What is what? Who is calling us? What is happening? Hey, my stuff's blowing up, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is, <laughs> I forget to turn off my phone sometimes um, when we do these things. I, you know, I've had it. I have had unagi. I have unagi. had unagi. Yeah. Yes, I said inagi. It's unagi. I didn't care much for it, but I, I ate it. Yeah, Some, I had. Uh, you know, it was actually surprisingly good. I had uh, jellyfish one time, raw jellyfish, mm. sliced up and had a little like soy and stuff. That was delicious. What? But that had a crunchy. It was sort of slimy, and then the inside was kind of that crunch. Are there foods you don't like? Uh yes, blue cheese. Oh, That's I'll, really the only. How thing. about we bring that in? And have oh, you actually, taste any it? strong like ammonia e cheese. I will, I will do that on okay, camera, what, and it will not be pleasant. <laughs> I'm going to bring that in. And okay. we'll Mike eats that. I, I actually have to. I sometimes have to leave the room if someone's just wow. like Bridget bought a uh, like some sort of uh, you know a, an extra special like blue cheese like you know I, I couldn't love and blue she cheese had more. like a log of it that she ate for a week you know <laughs> and I was just like all right are you opening that all right I'm going to see you later hon I'm gonna... <laughs> I had to be gone so. Uh, well, all right. Well done. So that wasn't this wasn't the extreme for no, you. No, it wasn't it was, the. It's somewhere down at the lower end, but not. It wasn't the that bottom. powder, the the awful powder <laughs> you gave me. It's much much better. This is one of the better ones, actually. All right. Well, folks, that's all we have for you. I was glad to see that department back, and I'm glad that we're back. How about you, Pastor? Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, moderately enthusiastic about Re- <laughs> No, I'm so happy to be back. I've missed it. I've missed you. Even though I've seen you a lot, I've. Mi- but I haven't seen you as much because you've been sick, so I, it has... It's true. It's true. It's so been it's, hard. Yeah, it's good to be back here, and we're glad that you're listening. And we will be back with another episode before too long.